What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hey guys, real quick, I just wanted to jump on here before the episode starts and tell you that you're probably going to recognize that there's a little bit of um, unusual audio in this. Um, might seem a little disjointed at times, but I decided to leave it in. I edited it down to uh, make it more listenable, but we did have an inordinate amount of um, crazy things. That, that were taking place technically during the recording of this episode. I think all in all, we had 10 disruptions in our service, uh, servers going down on the service that we were using, disconnected phone calls, clicking in the background of the audio, um, unusual uh, electronic manifestations on the equipment that I use. Um, I, I, I don't even, I don't even know. So... <laughs> Uh, all I can tell you is I've only had one other episode, and that was with a, a lovely lady from down in Texas. And uh, we had some issues that were similar to this. And uh, I don't know. So I left it in so that you guys were aware of what was going on. I just wanted to let you know ahead of time. And I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. doing that, I was face to face with it, it was holding me by my throat, and it felt like it was sucking something out of me. I probably should have been more scared than I was when I witnessed the exorcism. I turned and looked on my right side. When I did, there's, there's a beam on the side of the tree, a large beam. It's looking at me, and I'm looking at it. After I hit the lock button and looked back up, I saw red eyes staring back at me. That they're going to show multiple gods all over the earth, be able to speak in people's languages, and at that point, it kind of converge into this one entity, which will be revealed as extraterrestrial. You'll realize that aliens are the gods of old, and at that point, it'll like religion out of the context of humanity. No, it couldn't have been a person, I know that. I know that people can't run through the woods like that. So this thing comes into view, and I see it. It's 50 yards away from me. It's walking. It's walking on two legs. It's huge. This is a big, hairy-looking being.
No, it it seems like it's it seems like it's fading away now. That's weird that you're not hearing that. Um, dude, my. screen on my roadcaster is twitching it's like <laughs> all right you know what because i'm gonna let this roll and if some weird shit happens then uh then then it's part of the then it's part of the show so all right just uh, go on mute for a second, and I'll, I'll bring you in. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Before we get into it with tonight's guest, who I know you guys are going to love because he's been a fan favorite two other times, and I've gotten multiple, multiple responses from you guys wanting to hear more from this gentleman. But before we get into that, I just wanted to take a couple of minutes and thank all of you who came out to the Michigan Bigfoot Conference this past weekend up in Chelsea, Michigan. A lot of you stopped by the booth, said hi, had some great conversations with you. You guys got a, a hell of a show, man. What a, what a great presentation all day long. That being said, next up on the list of things that you guys are going to want to do is come and check out BigfootandBrews.com. We're holding it at Dewajak, Michigan. September 10th, it's going to be held at a very intimate venue. It's going to be the Sister Lakes Brewing Company. This is where we're being, we're, held, we're holding it at. We're going to have Ron Moorhead, who is, uh, his flights were booked yesterday. He will be the main speaker. Again, we'll have James Lady, uh, Detroit, Michigan researcher, who also dabbles in uh, audio as far as Bigfoots are concerned. We've got Val Zalvala who is the head of the Michigan Bigfoot and Data Facebook page. He's a curator of one of the largest Bigfoot, uh, Bigfoot data sources in the state of Michigan, probably one of the largest ones in the U.S. And then we're having a special speaker, John, from my episode two and three, who had an experience very close to that area back about eight years ago. The whole thing ties together with the Dewey Lake Monster sightings in 1964, where John had his episode, or encounter, I should say, is connected to the same swamp system about 30 miles away from the Dewey Lake area. This uh, is just, I'm super excited about it. Tonight's guest has already indicated he's going to be coming up there. Tony Merkel from the Confessionals podcast has alluded to the fact that he might be in, uh, in our presence as well if things work out. That kind of segues into me wanting to thank all of you who are here because of the Confessionals episode I did this past Tuesday. Uh, if you enjoyed that episode and you stick with me, guys, I got a lot of great stuff coming up, so hang with me and, uh, and go on a ride with us because, man, this, what a journey this has been so far. I can't, uh, can't thank Tony enough for having me on his show. We did one episode, and then he, uh, he wanted to go back and talk about some more things. 
So we did an overtime episode. I think that uh, I think that went almost like two and a half hours. So um, thanks for thanks for the support from all you people that came over from his show. Just can't uh, just can't thank you enough. So that brings me to tonight's guest. Tonight's guest has been a uh, a guest on Tony's episode uh, once or twice. He's been like I said on mine two other times before. Amazing conversations. It is always, always a deep dive with this gentleman, no matter what the topic. So if you will, please, welcome back to the show for his third go-around, Mr. Joel Thomas. Yo, what's up? Joel, how are you, my friend? Ah, doing pretty good, man. Uh, just staying busy like you, you know what I mean? I mean, hell, you were just on our podcast that killed the Mockingbirds yesterday. So. Yeah. Uh, I know the episodes will be coming out, you know, in the next couple of weeks, a week or two, around around the same time, which will be cool. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, that was a lot of fun last night. Oh my god, man, you murdered it! Like, I was talking to Sean about it, and I was like, man, like you brought some concepts about Bigfoot to the table that I hadn't really thought about because to me, um, you know, I you got several things that you think about and then you brought something there that was kind of an offshoot of something that I had thought about before, but I hadn't really thought about. So, I mean, I'm not going to tell anybody about it here, but they need to go listen <laughs> to the episode. Um, a little teaser. Yeah. The Bigfoot frequency. That's what it's going to be called over at kill the mockingbird. So they definitely need to go check that out. You definitely, uh, brought the heat, man. I was, uh, I knew you would, <laughs> you know, the, the, the trap that I think we all fall into when you're interested in these types of subjects, mm -hmm. the trap you fall into is a lot of what we can do as, as, uh, everyday individuals, as far as our quest for information, you know, that pretty much regards either reading books, watching YouTube videos, watching documentaries that other people have produced. And the risk that you run by doing that is that your your perception of what you think is going on is predicated on what other people are telling you. And right. I think a lot of times when you when you take that information and you can sit there and you can look at it on your own and and start to see what makes sense to you about it, you can start to formulate some things that sometimes it's like, nah, that's horseshit. That ain't that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. Right. And then every once in a while you put something together and it's like, oh, oh, wait a minute. Right. Wait a minute. For sure, man. So. I think that's I think that's very important for critical thinkers to do. And I think that's the thing that's lost. You know, when people think of critically thinking, they think about an education, they think about going to uh, you know, college or university and creating something that's an offshoot of what a million other people have created. You're not really creating anything new at that point. Um, I get that you got to use uh, things that you learn as a reference point, but I think that that kind of goes back to the education system in the early 1900s was bought and paid for by the Rockefellers. So all the curriculum that all the kids get now too, are, it's born and bred from the Rockefellers and everybody else that mingles with them. So right. in essence, you know, education, and I tell my own kids this, like, you know, shit on that. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, like, I think it's important to an extent to maneuver in the actual world. Uh, but I also think that 
it's not as important as it used to be. Like when I was a kid coming up, my parents made a huge deal about like, oh, you gotta make good grades and you need to go to college or something. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I did those things, but ultimately I did nothing with that shit. Like the the uh, degree I have, like I don't do anything with it, like at all. Like you know what I'm saying. And I'm not saying that's with everybody, but I am saying, but I am saying it's not as important in this day and age as it used to be, and especially with all of the brainwashing that's become more prevalent in society, I, I especially don't think it's as that that important as it used to be because I feel like that, you know, yeah, you go to get an education, but you're really just learning what they tell you to learn. History is just what they tell you history is. You don't really know. Like, you start digging around and you start looking at some other you know, uh, counterculture ways of thinking, you start like, wow, man, like that could actually be possible. Like, because here's the thing, we don't know anything outside of maybe a hundred years ago. A lot of those people are, are dead and gone now. So we really don't know anything outside of, you know, a certain block of time. And after that, it's just everything they've taught us. And, to get closer to the truth, because I don't think we're ever going to get right to the truth, but I think if we get closer to the truth, it's taking a myriad of different things from different places and starting to put the pieces together. Um, one thing I always say, and Sean and I talk about on our show, is uh, I'm never absolute in anything that I talk about. You know, I may bring a lot of theories to the table, I may bring a lot of uh, ideas to the table um, that make sense to me, but I have the right in three months with new information to change my thought <laughs> process. Like it, that's right. part of critically, cri- critically thinking. And that's part of using your brain, your God given brain. I love it when people, when you make a comment about something and somebody's like, well, you're not an astrophysicist. So you can't say that <laughs> you got to listen to the experts. You got to, you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. that's not what we were put on this planet to do. Like just be- so you're telling me I need to listen to the experts, but I'm telling you that the experts have been brainwashed from the get go. So it, it's just a vicious circle unless you try to break free from it. And I think what you just hit it on the head, and when you came on our show, you just killed it with that concept. Is taking thoughts and ideas from other people. And, 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 you know, you're formulating it, but you're taking time. You know, maybe you're driving in the car. A lot of times I drive silently in the car if I'm just really wanting to think through some things. Um, Absolutely. And then you start developing your own theories, your own ideas that could make sense. And that's part of getting closer to the truth. And honestly, this is how I've come to this theory that we're going to talk about today is from that. There was a lot of research and a lot of reading that I went through um, and some interviews that haven't hit the light of day yet with some people and we'll talk around about it today because i can't talk about everything but it did bring me to this place of like whoa like this idea makes a whole lot of sense to me in how this could take place and that was just and it keeps growing like i've been doing more reading and and more (laughs) things and, and now i'm formulating a deeper uh concept deeper concepts on on this whole idea of portal babies and that's kind of where you know we're gonna go with it today uh but you're right man you're so right about critically thinking and and being able to use what god puts you here to use listen somebody just because somebody has a degree in something 
doesn't mean they're smarter than you. That's something that people get so twisted. Education is not being intelligent. I know a lot of people that were really book smart that couldn't maneuver on the street to save their life. Like can't can't (laughs) maneuver in the real world to save their lives. I mean, you know, you got guys on the World Economic Forum that talk about us like ants and stuff like that but they can never they're like ai they can't even maneuver in the real world they don't know what it's like because to us like you know we're just lowly meat sacks but you're a meat sack too brother unless you know you are an actual ai which this could be possible too (laughs) (laughs) well i I just i kind of want to piggyback on on what you've been saying um you know with the critical thinking the other the other aspect of it is you can't be afraid to be wrong no. You know, if, if you put a lot of effort into something and you're researching something and you're thinking, you find that your, uh, your, your thought process is going down a certain, certain uh, way and it doesn't seem to agree with what other things you've heard, um, keep going with it. You know, if you prove yourself that you were wrong, you might look at it as a waste of time, but I really don't think it is because I think you learn how to recognize when you start making the wrong turns. And I think eventually that helps you stay on the right course so it's, it's absolutism uh eric and that's the thing i have a real issue with especially in the truther community because it's so divided because people have to be absolutely right about a certain topic like no 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 this is how it is this is what it is and they're not willing to leave their minds open to new ideas how can you say that you're out there seeking the truth eric but you're not really seeking the truth. You latched onto a couple concepts and you're like, that's it. That's it right now. Like I did a post uh, about a uh, uh, L.A. Times uh, talking about reptilians, which they did in 1934. They did a whole thing about reptilians. Right. It was really yep. crazy because it's mainstream media, right? This was a yeah. whole thing that it came was, out. That was then. nuts. Right. So I, I did a whole like. Uh, I did a whole reel on it on Instagram and, you know, it did really well. And, but here's like, here these people come, you know what I mean? Like, well, in the book of Enoch, it said, and like all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, like, I'm just showing you like what was said in mainstream media. I'm just letting you know, like it's been talked about mainstream media. I don't even argue with these people, but it's funny because they're so absolute on it. And then I'm like, well, I could just crack you over the head with the book of Enoch too. Cause one thing that people don't know about the book of Enoch is they think that the Enoch that wrote the book of Enoch was the Enoch from the Seth line from Adam. That's not the case. It's the, there's two Enochs. There's another Enoch right. that is from the line of Cain, which was part of the Brotherhood of the Snake, which is the offshoot from the Freemasons. And the Freemasons are a huge, huge pusher of the book of Enoch. And there's a reason for that. Now, I do believe that the book of Enoch is a great source. And I think that I'd say in the 95 percentile is pretty spot on. But there's some stuff that just like cuts way off that's not in the biblical spectrum of where it should be and i know that like there's one line where they talk about the angels built the ark well no noah built the ark god told noah to build the ark that was kind of what it was now you're now you're moving into this whole other esoteric realm and that's where the freemasons always want to go with it they, they got to take it to this other like and they're builders that's what the freemasons were they were builders so everything's about building but they learned to build from the fallen angels from these quote-unquote anunnaki from from these from these beings that were kicked out of heaven. And this is going to kind of lead us into the Brotherhood of the Snake. And this is kind of where this is going to start, because the Brotherhood of the Snake is the first 
secret society. It started when it started with Cain and Abel. So we all know the story of Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel, you know, Abel was doing everything God wanted him to do, right? And Cain was giving God uh, his crops and stuff for sacrifice, but he wasn't giving the best of his crops. So he didn't know why, you know, Abel... He was holding out. Right, he was holding out. So, you know, very classic elitism, like from the get-go. You know what I mean? These are, here, here they already are, right? So, you know, of course, you know, Cain kills Abel, and then he gets kicked out. Well, Cain's still rolling around out there, right? Like, he's building an empire out there. Like, it's what he did. Like, he, he, he literally did. But... One of the pieces of the puzzle is the seven sciences, and I'm sure you've heard of the seven sciences. You know what they are, the several liberal, the seven liberal arts, um, as a lot of people call them. Um, you know, so you got these, you got these uh, uh, seven sciences that were taught to Adam, right? So they were grammar, rhetoric, logic, arithmetic, geometry, which is the main one that the Freemasons hold on to. Matter of fact, they say that the other six don't matter as much as geometry, yes. but they're yes, very adept. But they're very adept in all of them. Uh, music and astronomy. So these were the seven that were taught to Adam from God in a, in a perfect way. So of course, Adam teaches it to his kids, um, but Cain takes those and manipulates them and twists them. And this is kind of where the Brotherhood of the Snake comes in. And this is where this whole ideology of uh, this snake worship or the worship of the fallen angels. Well, the fallen angels kind of come into play, too, because as like humanity starts growing, uh, there's a point in time where the quote-unquote sons of men uh, come to uh, Earth and they decide to pick wives, right? You're not supposed to yeah. intermingle with humans, but they do, and they create what we now know as the Nephilim or the hybrids. Um, and the original hybrids were nuts, man. Like people talk about, like the six finger giants, and you know some of these things that we know about, even in North America, right? Like the red hair giants that some people say still mm -hmm. exist. Double double rows of teeth. Right, right. All of these, like you know, and they all had uh, they're they're really what superheroes were modeled after because they were the superheroes of old. They were able to do things that normal humans couldn't do, but like the, the real, the real meta humans. Right. And that's kind of where like, in, you know, in Greek mythology, you get like the Titans and you get a lot of these, uh, these, uh, different, you know, every culture's got them, right? That's one thing that you can go to is every culture has got giants and they got these superhero mm. giants that have been around. So, when the first line came, they were ridiculous because they were like two parts, quote unquote, God or fallen angels and one part human. So they were they were very like, you know, we're, we're talking like these these things were were insane. Like they were they had like long necks. Yeah, I did some reading about it, like long necks. They were very serpentine in their face. So they didn't have like human features. They even said their eyes glowed, which which they kind of gave them almost like a godlike uh, physicality. But yeah. they kept intermingling with humans. So that's obviously going to dilute this Nephilim bloodline. That's where you're going to get kind of more of your Goliaths or your intermediate size, 10 feet to 15 feet giants, more human looking than the, the first, the, like the first ones. You know what I mean? Like the very first Nephilim. Well, and I think the thing that we don't, 
we don't really think about or or talk much about. You know, we always talk about the initial um, the initial conception of the the nephilim. Mm-hmm. You know, the the fallen ones uh, taking uh, human wives and producing their their offspring. But what we don't talk about is the 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 overall lack of morality and and the um, the ability for these things to literally breed with anything that they wanted. Absolutely. Not only humans, but with animals, animals as well. But also, I think the thing, you know, when we start talking about some of these uh, these cryptid creatures and these these hybrids that were in the, the pre-flood era of the Bible, we don't talk about the fact that there was probably, most certainly, with the lack of morality that was going on, there was probably a good deal of incestuous, meaning that they were breeding with their own offspring. Absolutely. So in the which, an- which would delete it even more or dilute it even more and create more of a uh, more of a jacked up gene genome mm-hmm. than that than what we had. So in the antediluvian world, um, it was very known that that happened part of it too they wanted to keep that bloodline so this is something that comes up a lot when people talk about the 13 bloodlines or these bloodlines of these elites and what that means now a lot of people go to reptilians right they, they think that you know the reptilians are it's the bloodline of the reptilians and, and i've heard that a million times that that's like a you know that's like a a, a rookie conspiracy theorist that's a stand, book. standard answer <laughs> the gold standard right but i've done a lot of reading and what i've come to the realization of it's actually the bloodline of the nephilim now if you want to say that you know that fallen angels are reptilians or that's their kind of true form they go into a reptilian form which i've done some reading about that too um again i'm kind of iffy on that because i'm i'm like you like i think there could be a race of reptilians somewhere, you know, shapeshifters, whatever, that maybe that was some sort of intermingling of fallen angels and something else too. So there, there's, it could be both, you know what I mean? It could, it really could be, I leave myself very open to that idea, but I'm very, I'm very, very much on the bloodlines, the 13 bloodlines and some of these secret societies that have these bloodlines. It is a bloodline of the Nephilim. It only makes sense, too, when you look at, like, Pizzagate and what happened there with WikiLeaks and then with Hillary Clinton talking about they found the tomb of Gilgamesh and they needed to Mm -hmm. resurrect, you know, the Nephilim. I mean, she said this. So this is not something that this is, like, everybody knows about this, but it got really scrubbed because everybody got so jacked up about the Pizzagate stuff that they really didn't look at that email and it was so fantastical I think the average conspiracy theorist is very much like it's the government and they don't look at like the supernatural aspect of it so I think that when you look at how these people think I mean just think about Hitler man like Hitler was like big into the occult his whole like his whole like persona and everything he sought was like that kind of power get lost in that part because they look at all the awful things that he did to people. But that was just a small part of him. Like his main goal was to ascend to this other level. And, and I don't know if you heard about this, but like when you talk about Hitler, I mean, there's been traces, they've traced him to Rothschild bloodline. So like he was implemented from the Rothschilds to come in there and, and pull this off or at least try to pull it off. I mean, obviously it didn't happen, but 
you know, most people would at least say that Hitler got away, and who knows what Hitler really, really accomplished, like, even under, even under the guise of, you know, he's dead. Um, you know, I digress a little bit here from that, but that just kind of gives you an idea of what I think about these bloodlines and where they actually come from, because I really feel like they come from this Nephilim genealogy. But uh, to your point, though, I think there's definitely inbreeding, and I think that goes on now with these elites, too. I think that's that's part of it. All right. Listen, before before I get back with Joel coming into this conversation, I, I feel the need to um, kind of bring this up. And this has happened in a couple of my other episodes, um, but I don't recall it happening with Joel. We're, we're having an inordinate amount of technical difficulties. It's not anything that is the technology I'm using on my end. It's not anything that the technology Joel is using on his end. We are having uh, messages from uh, the, the online sourcing that, uh, that their, their servers are, are dropping out our conversation. And I don't want to read anything into it that doesn't necessarily need to be, but I think when you take in the context of what we're talking about, to, to all of a sudden just start having massive problems where our audio keeps dropping out and Joel is freezing up on, on the screen and I'm losing, I'm getting a weird and I, and I started this off, I didn't acknowledge it in the recording so far, but it prior to us going on, there is an odd electronic buzzing, humming, pulsating sound that I'm getting through my headphones and I've done and upwards of close to 100 shows now, I've never had anything <laughs> that resembled this noise that I'm hearing. And I don't know if if the listeners can hear it, but it is it is there, and it is the the strangest damn strangest damn sound because it it it's almost a it's all almost an oscillating, and I'm I hate to use this word because this is going to come into play but it's like an oscillating frequency. So <laughs> um, we're, we're going we're gonna to get back to it. Joel's back with me, so we're, we're going to pick up where, where we left off, but it, it, this is slightly unnerving to me. <laughs> hey, I'm very used to it. This happens to me all the time. So it happened to me uh, recording with Tony. It's happened to me recording with Sean. Uh, matter of fact, Sean and I were on our very first podcast together on IG Live, and it didn't record. It's supposed to automatically record the episode. It didn't record it. It just lost the entire episode that we recorded. He said he'd never had that happen before. I've been in the studio recording music, and we've had issues that nobody can explain. Um, I generally go into some sort of like praying mode at that point because I know what's coming and attacking me at that point, so it's no big deal. I know I, I could, I know I was about to start honing in on some heavy stuff, and, and whatever powers knew <laughs> what was going down, they were like, "Just shut him up, portal babies." He's talking about stuff he's not supposed to. So, uh, 
I know, I'm telling you, man. And honestly, uh, you know, my whole life, Eric, uh, especially when I started getting deep into the occult before I started walking down the path I'm on when I was a Freemason and a lot of these things, um, you know, that's why I speak from a place of understanding. You know, people, you know, may think that I'm rambling on about a bunch of crazy stuff, but in all honesty, I've walked a lot of these paths and on the dark side of it so I can understand more than anybody, you know, where people's minds are at in those places, you know, what they think and the entities they talk to. And I can say from personal experience, I know for me, when I kind of did a 180 and I started going down the path I'm on now, initially it was super tough. I don't like that shit, Eric. Like, they don't want you, do, you know, defying, oh, defying me. Like, and, and, you know, I'm a warrior, man, and I don't give a shit. So when this kind of stuff happens, um, I probably get a little more amped up because I know I'm stirring the pot. So, <laughs> you know, you, you can read into a lot of things. I'll just say that. But, yeah. but <laughs> when you. When you look at the big picture of, of what we're talking about and the the things that were coming out of your mouth at the times that the issues happen, um, that's all I'm that's all I'm gonna say about that. <laughs> all right, so I'm gonna pick right back up with the uh, heaters that I was like laying out before they tried to stop me. So we'll pick back up with like what I was saying about Hillary. Um, you know, Hillary. During Pizzagate, they found those uh, emails, and a lot of people got caught up with the Pizzagate stuff, but they really weren't looking at the Nephilim uh, emails that she was sending out because she had the whole email about Gilgamesh. They found the tomb of Gilgamesh. They wanted to resurrect the Nephilim. Um, And a lot of conspiracy theorists, man, are very cut and dry. They don't get into the supernatural. They don't get into the fantastical, so they just kind of blew that off. They didn't really... To me, that was the most ridiculous email out of all of them. Like, yeah, the Pizzagate stuff, whatever, man. They've been doing stuff to kids for centuries. This is nothing new. We we know, like, every, you know, civilization at its peak was sacrificing children. They're just doing it now. They're just doing it in a different way. It's just in secret now. It's not not something that they're, they're, you know, showcasing um, for us to see anymore. But they're still doing it. So, to me, like, the Pizzagate stuff really wasn't that big a deal in the sense of it was interesting and it was like you started tying all the threads to it, it was cool but man i was like way more about whoa gilgamesh like you know everybody does the epic of gilgamesh and like you know nephilim they're trying to resurrect the nephilim what in the world like so that was cool to me so that kind of just ties back back to you know you know the occult and how these elites think and we're talking about hitler like you know hitler Uh, People get really fascinated with, like, Hitler's, like, rise to power and, like, what he did to the Jews and and some of these awful things. But really, Hitler's main focus was the occult. And honestly, in my opinion, I think Hitler achieved what he was out to achieve. He didn't didn't die when they said he did. We pretty much know that. That that came from, you know, shit, man, CIA, FBI, all that stuff. They they pretty much put that out there. He got to South America, right? And a lot of people think he got... Yeah. There's there's a significant amount of circumstantial yet kind of compelling evidence that that he did get out. Right. And a lot of people think he got to Antarctica, which was his main goal all along, because if we really delve deep into what's going on in Antarctica, I mean, shit. I mean, there's a lot going on there, man. I mean, <laughs> UFOs. Um, you know, I'm a big hollow earth guy. So a lot of people think like the interests and, you know, 
and the outgate is in Antarctica. Um, and that's where a lot of movement happens. Um, and we're going to tie Hollow Earth into all this with portals too, but you know, that's why he went down there. Um, I know the flat earthers are big on a, that's the ice wall and that's part of the pact they made with the people on the other side. Yeah. Like I said, I give credence to them for about 10%. You know, I will say 10%, maybe they're right. You know, I, I know Hey, they got the right idea. NASA's a lion sack of shit and we know that. So <laughs> at the end of the day, at least they're on that right path. Um, you know, I do think that Flat Earth was created as a psyop to make people that question what NASA's doing and question what the government's doing with these funds to make us look crazy. Because when you really look at culturally, um, there's way more talk of hollow Earth, way more talk of like what's going on underneath the Earth um, than there is anything about Flat Earth. I know a lot, a lot of people try to bring scripture into it about Flat Earth. I don't think that really plays comes into play. I've actually got a book that has a lot of scripture that, you know, pushes back against Flat Earth. So, like, for me, I'm very much a universal guy. I, I think that, you know, God, you know, created the universe. Like, why why couldn't he? You know what I mean? Like, he's God. Like, at the end of the day, like, mm. I think that would be a pretty dope thing. But if it came out one day that, hey, these are just some, like, cool little things up on this globe, snow globe or whatever, whatever, man. It would surprise right. me. L- l- listen, <laughs> I, I, I got to... I got to jump in here and attack that, not you, but that <laughs> right. that whole thing. Uh, you know, because a lot of the flat earthers, they'll say, well, every picture of, of planets out in space are, are, you know, photoshopped. And it's all, it's all you know, it's all this huge uh, to, to, to confuse us and make us. Listen, all you have to do is go to Walmart and buy yourself a $39.99 cheap-ass telescope. Go outside at night, set it up, and look at the moon. The moon is round, okay? If you can happen to get a bead on a closer planet, you can see that it's round. There is no way possible that every one of us on this planet at any given time could look through a telescope like the one I'm talking about and see perfectly round structures in our atmosphere or outside of our atmosphere in in space and we're all exactly perfectly positioned to see that it looks round but we're actually only seeing it from the top that's horseshit we are on a globe we are on a round freaking rock flying through space with a bunch of other round freaking rocks so i'm i'm good with let's talk about the hollow earth let's talk about the weird shit but flat earthers Come on, man. Get off it. Yeah. <laughs> Stop already. Hey, you, you know, know how I feel about Eric. Like, I'm what you just said, it all makes perfect logical sense to me. You know what I mean? Like, to me, that's yeah. my pushback on Flat Earth, right? That we can all get telescopes, we can all look at it. But then it's like, <sighs> NASA's such a lying sack of shit. So, all the pictures they show us. They've been truck juice, like truck juice, like all this shit from deep, like that is just, and and if you actually do the encoding on these pictures, they're all CGI manipulated. They all, they all, they all do what they do to them. So here's my thing. There we go again. Am I frozen? (laughs) I'm here. Are you there? Are you back? Yeah, you there? 
Yeah, you froze up on my end. I'm frozen. Hello? Are you there? I'm getting you every once in a while. Okay, so what was that? Number four? Yeah, this is going to be a fun one for people because uh, I'm telling you what, you were on our podcast yesterday, nothing, man. Everything was golden. You know, they didn't care about you talking about Bigfoot, man. They care about what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, um, I have a hard time believing anything they put out, Eric. I, I totally believe in the globe system. I believe, like, I'm a hollow earther, man. I, I think there's a lot of credence to that. Um, I think there's a credence to universe. Um, you know, I like, again, I think flat earth was created as a psyop to make people that question, you know, what NASA does to make us look stupid, to question the moon landing, which I think was fucking fake. I'm going to say that a million times. I don't care what anybody says because they weren't taking a damn go-kart up there. That's stupid. Um, do I think they've been to the moon? Yes. I absolutely think they've been to the moon. Have they shown us what they've seen on the moon or them actually on the moon? Hell no. They have not shown us any of that. They won't show us this shit because there's shit going out there they don't want us to see. And that is an absolute fact. Well, there's there's video of an interview with Stanley Kubrick admitting yeah. admitting <laughs> to having filmed a representation of them being on the moon. Dude, and they said it was an actor that looked like Stanley, Stanley yeah. Kubrick when it came out. Yeah. I'm like, shut if, up, NASA. If NASA is an absolute money pit, and they are just taking money from us and using it for God knows what, man. We don't even know. Do you know that one of the biggest uh, television and movie studios is on NASA properties? Like, people don't really know about that, but there's a whole section that is a basically a movie studio. That's on the property. They can make up whatever they want to yeah. and tell us it's space, man. I mean, look at what that French scientist did yesterday. Did you see that whole thing? Oh, with the uh, so, the piece of chorizo? Yeah, he literally <laughs> posted it, and there's people that are, oh, my God, it's so awesome at space. That's how easy it is to trick yeah. people, man. I almost feel like he did it on purpose. Yeah. Like, it was his way of just being like, Wake hey, up, this people. is how easy we can yeah. do it. Yeah, I, I, I really or, feel either like that's that or what he it was is. he was on the the opposite side of the fence saying, "Look, people, wake up, use your brains." I just I just yeah. cut a piece of chorizo off a stick, took a picture of it, and told you that it came off the James Webb telescope. <laughs> I know, man. I'm just laughing, man. It's hilarious. Everything they put out for the James Webb, uh, Webb telescope, man, I laugh at. I'm just like, that's some old bullshit. And anytime I go against it, oh my god, here come the. Here come the uh, the mainstream lovers like, you don't even know. I just thought I'd pull up my own telescope. Yes, I agree with you. Pull out your own telescope, man. But they're not showing you deep space, man. They're just do it. Like, you know how easy it would be just like create whatever and just say it is whatever. They've been doing it for centuries and a million different things. And that brings me back to Brotherhood of the Snake, where we looped all the way out and came back <laughs> into. But our that orbit, was kind of what, our orbit brought us right. Back. So the Brotherhood of the Snake, they did the same thing. Their whole uh, their whole identity was built on symbols. They really created the symbolism that you see now with whatever you call with the, you know Masons. Uh, when you're talking about the Illuminati, everything was built into uh, these symbols because 
the fallen angels knew that there was a reckoning coming, right? They knew, they they always know, right? They always know about this, like, flood situation, and they knew something was coming. So, like, for them, they needed to protect their way of how they wanted to convey the seven sciences, how they wanted to use that quote-unquote magic, right? So they were they were putting uh, all these symbols on, like, pillars and obelisks and different things pre-flood um, to protect that way of life. So after the flood, you know, obviously, hey, we're coming back around, we're going to, you know, deceive some more people and bring them into um, this way way of thinking. Uh, was was what they wanted to do. So this has been going on since the dawn of time. I mean, really, the dawn of time. You know, you had Lucifer who, you know, tricked Adam and Eve in the first place. And that brings me to my first portal idea. So it's not really something I've come up with per se, but it's something I've done some, you know, reading about and really kind of just kind of mapped into it. So a lot of people think the Garden of Eden was in... Uh, the Middle East, right? That's kind of like most people's like thought process, you know, maybe, maybe closer to Egypt or whatever, but like in that, in that vicinity, I don't think so. I think it was inside the earth. I think it was a, a place that maybe that they moved in and out of a portal onto like actual earth. You know what I mean? Like the garden of Eden was, if you think about it, they talk about the angels that guard it. Well, you're not roaming around like, you know, over there and seeing like, I don't know, some massive angels guarding some area. It's, it's not happening. Right. So I feel like that it's a portal system. I think it's in hollow earth. I think it's in the earth. I think like that was like the first movement of like, or in my mind, the first idea of a portal for me, like maybe Adam and Eve, like were able to move in and out of the garden of Eden through a portal system that took them out of, you know, inner earth into, you know, what we talk about outer earth. Um, it's just an idea. I think, you know, it could very well be possible. But that was the first deception, right? That was the first, hey, uh, I can offer you this knowledge. It's all about knowledge from the very beginning. The deceptive part is about the knowledge, the knowledge that I can give you, the knowledge that these symbols can give you. I'm going to get you to a higher place of learning. I'm going to get you to a place that you're going to be a god, that you'll be smarter than God himself. And that's kind of like the entire uh the entire uh foundation of what the brotherhood of the snake and the subsidiary uh secret societies came up with so in doing that the nephilim were a huge part of that because to the fallen angels the nephilim are kind of the perfect human right they are the they are the combination of angelic and human so to get to that point too, and the book of Enoch talks about this, um, the fallen angels had to broker a deal with mankind to get access to the females. So part of that was giving them technology um, that they didn't have already. So we know that antediluvian world, and we even know like, you know, after the flood, that there's technology that put together some of these structures that we can't understand you know how how did the pyramids come to be you know how did some of these stones move around stonehenge some of these things happen and a lot of people go to ufos and i'm about to tie them into to this part and i i do agree with it to a to a point um that ufos were involved so i believe that fallen angels are the 
aliens. I think that that is the great deception that's coming. I think that that is what they want us to believe, that they were the gods of old, that they helped create humanity, that humanity was like in this, you know, monkey stage or, or whatever, and they spliced their DNA with ours and then helped us evolve into this, what we are now. Um, I think all that's all that's coming, but it started let me, in the antediluvian world. Let me ask, just to clarify, you think sure. that statement that you just made, you think that that is a deception or you think that is the truth of the matter? Are, do you mean what, what I just said? Like, oh, I think it's both. I think it's a deception and I think that, well, it's, it's my truth, right? I'm not going to sit here and say that somebody else might not have a different theory about what's going on um but i believe there's so much there's so many odd things when it comes to fallen angels and aliens and it's somehow like when you start looking at all of these uh like high, like hieroglyph hieroglyphics um from egypt and all of these things where they get these weird they look like ufos or grays mm-hmm. that are intermingled with humans um i think that the fallen angels um, did represent that form. I think that was kind of this, the long game. That these guys are in it for the long game, man. They're not in it for the short game. This is this is about way, way, way down the line. Now, I do think that technology was greater pre-flood than it is now. I think that that Atlantis, a lot of these places existed. I think that the Nephilim were a huge part of helping build these societies. Because think about it. They're super strong, super fast, super smart. Um, They have a lot of their, you know, dads or moms, you know, genes in them. So when you think about fallen angels, think about them as a as a advanced way advanced form of humanity which essentially you could think about it like aliens right like like here are these guys that are you know they watched creation they watched god create the earth so when you think about that when you think about god creating the earth magic is what people would say like oh sky daddy he created the earth this is magic or whatever well magic's only something that your mind doesn't understand it doesn't mean that it's not science right so god creating the earth in my mind is a form of science the angels watch this. They watched him do it. They understand science way more than we ever would, right? So when they communicate with mankind, at least the fallen ones, they want to dilute anything that God's created. They want to, and you said it best earlier in the conversation where you were talking about the intermingling of the Nephilim and just, you know, this immoral world that they were creating. And I think part of that is them brokering the deal with humankind to get access to women to create these Nephilim because that's part of destroying God's creation. And I think, to your point, they did it with animals too. I think that's where maybe you got your griffins, where you got all these fantastical beasts, dragons, different things like that. Maybe even cryptids now, I think, could play into that too. Um, But I think that the fallen angels were doing everything they could to tear up creation. And I think pre-flood, and that's why he wiped it out. Because I think that there's a verse in the Bible where God where God talks about Noah being like the perfect, like I'm paraphrasing, perfect human, right? He didn't mean that he was perfect in the sense he didn't sin and he, he was that kind of perfect. He meant that his gene pool was not Dilu- diluted. Uh, tainted, yeah. diluted. 
And that's what he meant. A lot of these times in the Bible, when there are these representations of God where he's like, hey, I'm going to, I need you to wipe out this city full of, you know, children and women and all of this. Sounds awful, right? But if you take your mind into this world that we're in, right, we're talking about Nephilim, we're talking about hybrids, we're talking about all this. What if those are those times where you've got this like muddled gene pool, where you've got these fallen angels that are doing all of these things and creating these hybrids and it's just like, hey, you need to go wipe these out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, people talk about a lot of these, uh, I think you just froze. I've lost you again. Jesus. (laughs) Trying to shut me up, Eric. Okay. We got him back again. Fifth time. (laughs) (laughs) So, in saying that about the flood... Um, that God wanted to wipe out, you know, most of what was on the earth because it had been diluted. I mean, we're even talking about animals, right? He only took two of each kind, and we're only talking about, like, the basic kind, right? Because we know that from those two spawned off a lot of different, um, you know, uh, gene pools. But God only had those come there because when you think about it, what was going on with all the animal kind there, too? Like, oh, my God. Like, it could have been insane on the earth at that time. And if we're talking about that... The the fallen angels were trading technology and say that, you know, Atlantis was there and all these places were there and, and, and this technology was out of control. You know, who knows what humans were doing at that time, too? They could have been, you know, splicing DNA themselves. They could have been learning from the fallen angels. A lot of stuff that's going on right now, like a lot of stuff behind the scenes. I just think they've gotten better at hiding it now. It's not so out in the open. They kind of learn from their first mistake. Like, eh, we don't, they they wiped us out the first time. Um, they've gotten better at they've gotten better at hiding in plain sight. I want to double back to some some of the stuff that you've just been saying. Yeah. And your so we we've had the conversation before. You you know my standpoint on my spirituality, right. and I and I understand that your your standpoint on on where you rest spiritually. Um, and you know we're we're in the same boat, but we're we're a little bit different um so you spend a lot more time with biblical references and and reading the book the book itself Mm -hmm. so you know my my what i want to ask is you know when when you talk about the the fallen angels Mm -hmm. who are cast out of heaven and they came down to earth and they took human wives. Mm-hmm. Are there only male angels? No, I don't think that that is a valid uh, way to look at it. I don't think I think angels are essentially sexless. I think, but I think they could take the form of anything. I don't think it was necessarily, uh, you know. I think maybe so you don't. I think to breed, they would need a human female to be able to do that. Um, I don't know if they were because giving. I guess I guess what I'm I guess what I'm getting at is I was always led to believe that angels were um, were a more masculine yet genderless mm-hmm. uh, creation. Right. So where did they get the ability to 
procreate because when you say they took human wives and, and had children, you automatically have to jump to, mm-hmm. well, they had they had sex in the conventional right. uh, thought of, of how you would procreate. Right. But I'm starting to think that maybe that's not correct. I'm thinking that even though they took, you know, quote unquote human wives and had offspring, that that wasn't necessarily a, a normal sexual union between the two. Well, and, and to that, you know, point, that would indicate a knowledge of of how to how to create life outside, outside of, of, of yes. Yeah. So now you're getting into the grays and the alien theories of what I think too, because you know we talk about alien abductions now, right? We talk about um, people getting abducted and them having weird remembrances of being on ships and having sexual things done to them. Uh, there's been women that talk about they got pregnant and within about three months revisited and the baby removed and nobody around them remembering them being pregnant. Nobody. You know. There's experiences. There's experiences of women being taken and shown their offspring. The Nephilim. Yes. And that is something I've been doing a lot of reading about recently uh, about it's it's almost a game to these fallen angels. They they love the power. It's the power trip, and they love to show this um, weird uh, uh, creation to the women. It, it's it's it again. It's a power trip. They like to show that they're in power because they can take you at any time. I mean, there's been women that have been said to have had I don't know, ten, fifteen of these things, and being shown it. Like you said, but nobody remembering it and them, but them having conversations with people like you and me and knowing that they're pregnant. And then all of a sudden, just one day, those people not remembering it at all. What are you talking about? You weren't pregnant. And obviously they feel like they're going crazy because they're remembering this thing They They had this baby inside of them. You know, they're even like post, you know, them having the baby removed. They're still having like the physical trauma from it. And they know that they were. Um, but it goes into um, this, This, and we're going to go back to pre-flood. So then you start thinking about, it, you know, they don't operate on the same spectrum we do as humans, right? But they're able to somehow manipulate knowing science, because they do understand science. It's just at a different, way different level than us. Um, you know, you talk about UFO ships. We talk about uh, craft. We talk about anything. They could... They could build the stuff like it's not like they can't. And they've shown us how to, you know, I think the Roswell incident was 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 manufactured. I think they did that on purpose. I think they crash landed on purpose. This was the big meeting point. Like, they, OK, this is what we're going to do. We're, we're going to crash this. It's going to happen. We're going to go and we're going to trade. The, this is how we're going to start trading technology uh, behind the scenes. I know a lot of people know uh uh, Pale Horse by Bill Cooper, and he talks about the brokering. He actually talks about the brokering of how when they met on the island after this incident, um, you know, because the one alien lived and they had him in there for like a year, and then finally he started talking English to him, and then he said, hey, let me reach out to the mothership, quote-unquote, and they all met on this island, and on the island was like UN leaders and obviously somebody from the Vatican. It's always somebody from the Vatican, and then <laughs> and they brought the ships there, and then he kind of made this deal 
to get access to abduct people and they would give us a list but they would give us access to their technology and right. other in creatures return. yeah so it's very similar to this whole thing in the book of Enoch and a lot of these things that have happened in different cultures where it's almost a brokering of a deal to get to uh humankind um but the ultimate goal for them is to create these Nephilim. It really it's a middle finger to God. That's what they're really doing it for. But yeah, they are creating these uh, supermen or superwomen, um, which they did before. Um, you know, funny enough, uh, when I was in Utah and I was in the Valley of the Three Kings and I was uh, looking at uh, the petroglyphs on the walls and they had, you know, six finger giants up there, which is really wild. We're talking from, you know, a couple thousand years thousand ago, years which ago. is wild. And, you know, I'm looking at this stuff, and the thought that dawned on me was, you know, you've got these giants, right, the original ones. And they were in, like, the, I think, in the 30 cubic range, you know, which were, or, or, or I, I think it was maybe 20 cubits. I, it comes out to be, like, 35 feet or something, which were, like, the tall ones, right? You know, and then you start thinking about, well, they diluted themselves with other humans. Like, how, like, physically could that happen? You know what I mean? But yeah. I think this goes back into the traits that they got from their fallen angel fathers, right? This is, you know, maybe they even have shape-shifting abilities. You know, maybe their their gender, their their genitalia could shape-shift into being able to work with humankind or whatever else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's there's so much about it we don't understand. You know, like it, the the scientific part of it, but that just goes back to science on that scale. Is something we don't understand right now. We don't understand how they operate, but they're working in a different scientific realm than us. And their ultimate goal is for sure world domination. I mean, that's 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 what they've been working with, you know, elites for the longest time. And after the flood, they had to come up with a different plan because it didn't work the first time. Uh, they got close. I felt like they were getting close, but it didn't work the first time. And you know, wiped out the earth they come back around and a lot of people think there was a second incursion because the nephilim show back up in the bible after the flood so you know okay so if there's two there's two thoughts of concept here one somehow the nephilim survived the flood some of them did and then when you know the uh earth you know started subsiding with the water and noah came out and they started rebuilding the earth repopulating the nephilim came back which they did this is in the bible they came back so there's either a second incursion. Now did they now did now did they come back as a physical form, or, or I thought it was my understanding was that the during the flood they lost their physical form, but their 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 soul their essence was condemned to stay on Earth and had to find a a different uh, vessel. So you're sort to, of right, you know. So. Part of that's right. The ones that would have died during the flood, yes, their their essence would be what we call demons right now, right? They're 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 the ones that are always looking for host bodies. Um, they're the ones that are always looking to attack us. They kind of are the minions of the fallen angels, right? Um, but the original part of that line of thinking came when the Nephilim were created. Uh, they were basically uh, they could live forever. You know, so there's a verse in the Bible where God kind of cut off a time limit for people to live. And that part of that was to stop the Nephilim from living forever. Um, 
And when that happened, yeah, when their bodies died, their spirits were condemned to maneuver the earth. Now, I'm talking about physical Nephilim. So the physical Nephilim show back up later after the flood. Um, and they said they were tall as the, tall and wide as the cedars. Uh, I have to pull up the verse in, in the Bible um, to give you the exact reference. But um, they were... Uh, they were massive. They show up again. So there's a couple lines of thinking. There was a second incursion, which I think that there's a huge part of that could be true. And I think there's a second incursion going on now. I think that's what the greys are. I think that's what maybe even the reptilians involved with it are. I think they are. It's a breeding system going on right now, creating these Nephilim. But I also think that there's a, a, a line of thought that could work too is the fallen angels knew that this flood was coming. They they knew they needed to get their children out of there. So I think that there was a portaling system that was used to take them to this other realm where these fallen angels could move in and out of and they moved their children there, which could be part of Hollow Earth too, which I know people, you know, talk about giants coming out of the earth and all that, which it could play into that as well. So I think that's kind of where they moved these uh uh children of theirs into this portaling system and they could have re-brought them back out at a certain point after the flood so i think there's two lines of thought there i think there that could be one of the one or one or both it could be both too because i do think there's incursions going on now so yeah i think that's that's definitely part of it you know it's it's uh and this is what's so amazing about having conversations like this with other people because you know, unlike a lot of society today, um, you know, in, in a lot of situations, you cannot have a differing opinion and still be able to maintain a, a, a code of conduct while having a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, here we can. And it's interesting to me the distinct differences in how you look at what your perception is versus you and I arrive at the same point on a lot, a lot, a lot of things. But where you start off with the, um, the biblical stuff being right and the, the Nephilim stuff um, appearing to us as extraterrestrial or stuff like that, I view, and, and I don't think it's any less, um, I don't think it's any less critical, but I look at... our creator as being extraterrestrial. I, you know, to me, God could potentially be the creator of, of everything that we have in existence, you know, the universe, the earth, all people, everything. But what if that was, what if that was the ultimate extraterrestrial that created everything and, and that the, the grays, the aliens, the, the different uh, variations of extraterrestrial, what is it? I think at some point somebody wrote a book and there was, what, 23 or 26 different confirmed extraterrestrial mm-hmm. races. Um, what, if that, what if that's the real, what if that's the real deal and our, our simple minds, you know, 2,600 years ago or, or whatever, the only way we could explain that was to create a, um, a narrative that, these were gods and you know we create 
we we made the extraterrestrials what we know as God when it could be just the opposite. And it, it's just it's an it's a it's a cool it's a cool thing that happens when you have conversations with people about these different things. Mm-hmm. And you know, we both we both arrive at the same at the same point, but from two completely polar opposite. Right. And I get it. Like, again, there's a lot of uh, credence to what you're saying. I think that my belief is that that is the deception. It's very easy to give someone a logical, a, a logical way to think about it, right? And make it in terms of, like, uh, making it not supernatural. Like, okay, because mm-hmm. if you're saying aliens, you're giving it a body, you're giving it you know, a, a universal concept that people can understand. And I think that when we do that, for me anyway, like it opens up to a lot of deception. And I, and I feel like that that's the ultimate game. We're going to move towards a place where they will be revealed as the gods of old. And a lot of people are going to buy it. It's going to look good. You know, Project Bluebeam's going to look good. They're going to have real yeah. craft. They do have them. These these fallen angels are are very very intelligent. Um, they would be what we consider what we would consider, uh, you know, aliens. I mean, they would be an advanced form to us of, of what you know we think. But how easy would it be for? And it, here here here's the part that I that I I put on people um, that look at it in a way of extraterrestrial. What good? are they doing that's the that's that's the one thing you have to think about these alien abductions rarely do you hear of it being anything good come out of it it Mm -hmm. generally turns into something horrific um even the guys that do like uh you know is it c5 like all that stuff the people that get involved in that you know maybe initially it, it looks good and then it turns turns awry um, it always turns into something that just isn't right. And it's one of two things. Either it's what I'm saying, that it's fallen angels that don't give a shit about God's creation, don't want to fuck with us, or it's what you're saying, and they are aliens, and there's still a bunch of shit bags that want to fuck with us. <laughs> so either way you look at it, it's still awful. Like, it's not good. And that's why I lend right. to... The deception, and I really put a lot of backing in uh, the uh, God concept in fallen angels. Um, you know, I, and I get into debates with people all the time because I am a Christian, and I know that a lot of people are universalists where they're like, "Well, it's just one God, and all these religions matter, and all this stuff." It's like, cool. Like, you can believe whatever you want to, and I am very open to let, listen to people talk. But one thing, you know, especially in my in my life personally. When I've dealt with other entities and, and things that aren't good, there's a certain power in the name of Yahweh, certain power in the name of Jesus, certain power in that that they don't want to mess with. They don't like to mess with it. And when you start looking at these elites that create these systems and you start digging into what they're creating, and, and there's been documents that have come out with some of these. Lucius Trust was uh, one I was talking about earlier that we dug into. The guy wrote a whole, like, it was like a, a, a like a Ten Commandments of what they needed to do to bring about this like new world order, and it, 
throughout each commandment, it kept talking about taking God out of the family, taking Jesus out of this, taking Jesus out of that. Why do they keep going back to that well? Why do they, if it is universalism and Jesus in Christianity doesn't matter, now don't get me wrong, Eric, I think Christianity as a whole has turned into an absolute shit bag because I think it's been infiltrated by people that want to really mess up the essence of what it actually meant in the first place. And I think that's why a lot of people have a hard time buying into Christianity or buying into Jesus because of what they've seen so many people use it for and use it for evil and create these things that that are awful. So as a whole, like to the average person that's looking at it, I want to get involved with that. It looks awful. Well, that's Satan's deception. Back to deception again. He's been doing it since the dawn of time. He's got his his boys that have been doing it. And listen, they're they're creating a, a Nephilim army, and it's coming. And I'm telling you that right now. And that goes back to the portals. So you want to talk about portal babies. This is what I think's happening. I, I think that we are brokering. They, we've been brokered with these fallen angels for a while, and we're allowing them to create these Nephilim. I, I also think that they're not, again, back to science. I don't think it's exact science either. I think they're still messing with it. I think they're trying to create this perfect hybrid. Um, I think, and this is my opinion, and I have heard a couple guys that are really good on the subject. Marzuli's touched on this a little bit. Um, I think that the Antichrist will be like the perfect Nephilim. I think he will be this perfect embodiment of human and quote-unquote alien DNA together. I think he'll look very human. I don't think he's going to look this like odd way, but I think he'll have these like otherworldly powers that he'll be able to show us. Um you know, there may be, you know, obviously some giants. And, stuff, and there's a lot of giants being purported a lot of places. I don't know if you ever saw that White House picture that the White House had up for a while. And they had to pull it because people were getting the picture and looking deep into it. And there was a giant that was like probably 15 feet away from Biden. And his head was almost touching the wing of a plane. And yeah. they had to pull it. Like People were like posting it up. And people were getting like, we're talking blocked left and right. Kind of like I've been blocked like five times talking to you today. So <laughs> so uh, I do think that, that I also think that Jesus will be revealed at some point as having extraterrestrial origin. I think that will be part of the deception of deluding the Jesus concept. I think they'll say that he had a bloodline as well. And I think they'll tr- matriculate that into this nuffle of 13 uh, bloodlines. They're going to, it's going to come from this, this holy divinity of what Jesus created. And I think that they'll, 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 they they got to dilute it, but that's the funny part about it, Eric. That's what brings me back to like Jesus, right? Is because they constantly try to like, defame this man at every single turn it's just constantly and there's got to be some credence to it at that point if these guys are so adamant in like making him not what he was why 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 is it that these people that are abducted by aliens that jesus if the name jesus is invoked which is, has happened they leave why does that happen yeah. why is it that they, when they talk to people, when they're abducted, they want to bring up Jesus as being like this good man or he was a alien. They talk about that a lot, too. He was one of them. 
Why are they even talking about him? If he was just this guy that's this fantasy, it didn't matter. He's just this guy in history that was created, you know, by a lot of people think elites to, to, to deceive us into this whole Christianity road. Why do they keep bringing him up? Why do these aliens keep talking about him, man? Why, why do they want to keep bringing him up? What, what is their deal? <laughs> There's a purpose in that. And, and yes, man, I am a big proponent in Yahweh. I, I, I believe in his teachings. I, I, I do believe in the Bible. I believe in Christianity. But I also have a very different viewpoint than a lot of Christians do. For one, a lot a bunch of Christians are deceived themselves. They don't, they can't even they believe in a, a supernatural God, and they can't believe in like Bigfoot or anything supernatural on the right. earth. Like you're naked. exactly. Like I, I can't it's even buy into. Rid- it's so ridiculous. Yeah, you, your your entire faith is based on supernatural events. Yes, and <laughs> and you can't and you can't accept the fact that there could be something other than just us. Yes, we're that special. Right, and, and that's that and that's the part that I got a really tough time, and I understand people that have such a tough time with like Christianity because the Christianity that's perpetrated right now on the earth is a garbage truck juice. It's awful. Like it's 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 a, it's a lot of uh, rich pastors siphoning money off of people. You got a bunch of like horrible hypocrites that are in the church that promote this message of faith and unity, but then are super racist and, and super, you know, non-understanding. Can't even have a conversation with somebody else that thinks differently than them. You know, they are everything that Lucifer was like, hey, this is what I'm going to tap into this, what's really good, what's really right, and I'm going to make it really bad. And he's done a great job. Look at the Catholic Church, man. How many kids have they molested? Like, I mean, you yeah. think about it. Like, it's it's become such a almost laughable thing, you know. And, and you know, I'm I'm I'll tell people I'm a Christian. I have no problem telling people that at all. I have a lot of uh, I don't have any shame saying that to people. But what I do feel shameful for is what other quote-unquote Christians have perpetrated to everyone else, man. They live this lie, man. And then, like you said, how can you believe in this supernatural being that created everything, but you can't get your little, like, peon mind out of that? Like, oh, I can't believe it. Paranormal don't exist. Reptilians don't exist. I'm like, what do you know? What do you know? Like you said, like, God's so vast in in his science that he can't create anything that he wanted to like it's to me man that's too that's so boxed in and and, and just so limited such a limited way to think and and i want to jump in there because what you just said is a perfect example of what we were talking about earlier in the show and that is that if you don't use your own mind to critically think about the things because these people that you're talking about in the uh, in, in the Christian faith and in and, and other faiths that are so closed off to everything else. It's because that's what they've been taught by other people who have been taught by other people who have been taught by other people who have their own agenda. Yes. Brainwashing okay. again. <laughs> Brainwashing again. You know, so, you know, I think it's okay to take a listen to that and, and to, to keep that in the back of your mind and to access that when you need to, when you're trying to compare it to other things. But, you know, my, my belief in God, you know, and, and I talk about, you know, the possibility that God is an extraterrestrial, you know, in, in the truest sense of what we mean when we say extraterrestrial. 
So I don't think that I don't think that discounts anything that the Bible says about his 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 goodness and his and his immense right uh, love love for us. I, th- I still think that there's a great possibility that we're still his children, mm-hmm. and you know, but. If you close yourself off and only believe, you know, because like I, I, there's there's a gentleman I know who's uh, he's a he's a strong Christian, he's mm-hmm. a good Christian. Well, I could tell you this: his people skills are for shit. He's not a very nice person to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're if you're in his uh, if you're in his comfort zone, if if he if he likes you, you can be a good guy, right? But I've seen him interact with other people, and I'm like, damn, dude, you call yourself a good Christian, yet you treat people like gum on the bottom of your shoe. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I've talked about this before. I had a guy came up to me. I, I came into work. I didn't even have a chance to take my coat off. It was first thing in the morning, man. And, uh, you know, we've had conversations about my viewpoints on, on all this stuff, and... Um, you know, I have, I have a ton of questions. I have a ton of questions. And he came up to me and first thing in the morning, he says, good morning. I just wanted to let you know, I prayed for you last night. Dude, I haven't even taken my coat off yet. I haven't had coffee yet. <laughs> you know, I was. You told I, me I was, about this guy before. And I, was thinking I, about it. <laughs> I was on auto. I was on autopilot driving to work. Right. And I get there and I was like, I took a breath because, I mean, initially that's a weird thing to hear first thing in the morning out of somebody's mouth, Mm -hmm. but I didn't want to be a dick. I didn't want to be an ass to him. So I I took a breath. I took my coat off. (laughs) I turned around and faced him and I said, well, you know, thank you. Can I ask why? And he says, because I don't think you're going to make it. That's awful, man. Why would you even say something and, like and, that? And I was like, what What are you talking about? I'm not going to make what? And he started talking about Judgment Day. <sighs> okay. That's so, how you do it, man. Like, it's no, but, awful. It, but that's a but prime example right there of what I was just saying. Yeah. You know, and, and my response to him was, um, well, thanks. I said, but, you know, conversely, you you don't have to worry about because if it comes down to it, my God won't leave you behind. <laughs> and he, and he looked at me and he, he and he, you know, I, I'm not quite sure what the look on his face was. Um, dis, disbelief that I said that, um, questioning how could I believe that. Right. I don't know what, but I'm like, dude, you realize that the, the whole judgment day thing was, was a misinterpretation by a fucking Jesuit priest back in the, in the early 1800s. And he was chastised by the church after he, he came out and talked about it. And by that time it was too late and it had already gotten a foothold and people ran with it. And, and, you know, now it's a scare tactic to keep people in line to control the, what is it? People masses. So yeah. I, now, I will – so, yeah, like, the offshoot to that, though, in my mind, because I know you're talking about Judgment Day, is, uh, you know, I don't know if we can define what that means. You know what I mean? Like, I, I know people have tried to 
a million theologians have tried to figure out Revelation and what that means. And, and I, you know, especially when it comes to Nephilim and when it comes to a lot of things that are going on in the world right now, I got some guys that I go to the, the well that I can kind of wrap my mind around the fantastical part of it. Um, I don't know how that piece of it works. Like, I do think there's a special, special place in hell for some people that have done awful things to people on this earth. So I, I, I do feel like there's, there, there is some sort of, you're just not going to be doing whatever you want to do. And then, you know, getting the good graces of God. I just don't know if that exists, but you know, Jesus did say that he came to save the whole world. So that's a weird part too. And I don't think that God says something and he doesn't do it. So I don't know how that operates either. And I think that that's the space, um, as someone who is a truther, um, who's trying to understand the truths, uh, from the Bible or wherever else you're trying to understand it. Uh, you got to be open-minded. I'm very open-minded in this world of Christianity. So like for me, I, nothing's definable, um, necessarily. I do have, you know, certain beliefs, um, that I think that, through experience that I'm able to draw from and say, hey, these are things that I believe in. I'm not going to waver on those. But I think there's stuff that we don't understand and we're never, first off, we can't define who God is. Like we'll never be able to, our finite minds will never understand that, right? So I think that piece of it and understanding that is, you know, our, our goal is just, Honestly, for me, is just to try to be as Christ-like as I can and love people and care for people and, and be there for them. Um, now I don't think the fallen angels want us doing that. And I think that ultimately, um, that these, to drag this back into the portals and portal babies, you know, where we're, where we're going to end this thing and what I think about what is going on. I think that they are taking these Nephilim hybrids to this other place, whether it's another dimension whether it's another world that they they have through portals and they're keeping them there and they're kind of growing this armory or they're or they're trying to create this perfect hybrid which I think that they've been trying to do for a long time and I think eventually they will have what they call the perfect hybrid and that will be what we call the antichrist that'll come out on this earth and will be the one to lead us into peace quote unquote um and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna tag on to that with with something that might be a little mind blowing, because you know when we talk about the elites, um, we we know that the elites are are time and time again are um, drawn into the conversation when we start talking about this kind of stuff, their their uh, their rituals, their celebrations, their um, their 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 way of life, it. it it re- it revolves around the use of this, um, the, for lack of better words, let's call it this black magic, you know, with a with a K, all right. But their numbers are small compared comparative to the the rest of the population. Their numbers are small. They are very powerful. They are in positions of of great power. That they're in positions of controlling large, large amounts of people, but their numbers are small. And when you go back and you start talking about the, the, the different bloodlines, you know, the, the, the pure bloodlines, and that's an entire rabbit hole on its own. If you want to start looking into, um, just who is related to who 
throughout history and how many of those people have been presidents and, and all this stuff throughout the, the course of our, our history. It's pretty astounding. And I think the, and their numbers being small and I, I don't discount what you're saying, you know, the, the possibility that they are taking these, um, these hybrids and, and transporting them somewhere where they're undergoing uh, continued, uh, continued aberration alterations or, you know, creating this, this army of, of Nephilim type things. What better way for them to help aid in that process than by trying to find out where those, <laughs> where those bloodlines are yeah. still today in this in this world and what better way to to get an idea of of the genetic properties of somebody's blood but then to create several very popular companies that help you discover your ancestral dna by giving them just a little bit of your dna sending it off and having them look back into your background. Now you get the information that you wanted, but they're also getting the information that they're looking for where the rest of the bloodlines are, where the, where the purest bloodlines are, where it would be easier to find living relatives who hold these bloodlines. I don't know. Maybe we create a couple of, very popular companies advertise the hell out of them on TV and say, Hey, all you got to do is spit in a tube and we're going to be able to tell you everything about your historical ancestors, where you came from and what you did and how you got here to where you are. I got another one for you. What about a, uh, a certain sickness and you need to, uh, get a little swabby swab. Or get a little swabby swab to see if you have that sickness. Hmm. Where, where's that info going? Mm-hmm. You know, goes pretty high so, up. So you know, I mean, everything we're talking about, we're talking about theories and conjectures, right. and and these are these are things that just kind of um, creep around in our minds, uh, kind of incessantly, <laughs> uh, to be <laughs> honest with you. But you know. You know, maybe we're making things up. Maybe we're just uh, maybe we're just drawing lines between uh, A and C when there shouldn't be. Maybe it should just be going from A to B to C to D. You know, but again, you start using the critical thinking, and you 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 get enough information. You know, don't don't just you know. It's like somebody that's only interested in watching golf. They're not interested in any other sport. Well when you go to have a conversation one with somebody who's a true sports lover, you can engage in a tiny portion of the conversation with this person when he's talking about golf. But when he goes on to soccer or football or baseball, right. Then you're lost. You're lost in the, in the conversation because you don't have any knowledge or, or any kind of understanding of, of the other, the other things. So um, that's what I encourage people so much, man. You know, if, if there's something that's of a topic of interest of you, I don't care if it's building model cars. I don't care if it's, you know, trying to uh, learn more about, uh, uh, whoever your God is and, and, the, and the religion that you, you practice, because honestly, I think throughout the, throughout the world with, 
you know, the vast majority of religions, there's so many similarities. They have so many similar events throughout their, um, their timeline as far as, you know, like biblical type events, you know, so many flood events through so many different, uh, uh, different religions. At the end of the day, I think we all believe our own thing, but in the big picture, it's, it's all the same God. It's all the same God. It's just been stories that have been twisted, contorted, added to, taken from, and, you know, for whatever purpose, you know, different segments of the world, or they have different practices. But when you boil it down, it's all very, very similar. And I think at the end of the day, it's the all the same. It's all the same God, the same creator, whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, man, just, you know, I can't help but just want to encourage people go out and do a little bit of work. It's not hard. It's not hard. It's not hard at all. I mean, you know, I think a lot of deterrent for people is this mentality that was created in 2020 that doing your own research is a bad thing. It became a bad thing. It's like, well, do you do your own research? You go listen to the experts. And it became, it made people scared to look into things themselves, but that's what they wanted. Um, yeah, because you, know, you don't have you don't have your own fact checker, right? Right, exactly. You know, you gotta have somebody telling you. And generally speaking, these fact checkers are people like you and me don't know a damn thing. They're just told that hey, if these certain things pop up, you're supposed to flag them. That's it. That's yep. all it is. They're not. Yep. They don't know anything more than we do. And you know, at the end of the day, I think you should want to expand your mind to be able to take on a lot of different topics. And you and I talk about this. You run a podcast um, very similar to how, you know, my podcast is with Sean. Uh, we mm-hmm. have a myriad of different individuals on there, a myriad of different people that talk about a myriad of different topics. We're interested in a lot of stuff. I'm not an expert, you know, per nope. se. Now, there's some topics I. That, I, <laughs> that I know a lot about that I'm able to get into. Um, you know, Nephilim being one of my favorites. So I do a lot of research on Nephilim. But at the end of the day, I could hold my own with somebody talking about Dogman or, or Bigfoot or, or whatever. You know, to me, it's all interesting to me. And I could get down the deep state rabbit hole with government and all that. Uh, to me, it's all connected. So, you know, and it's fun. You know, there's that part of it, too. It's not just about... You know, like I'm, you know, living in in my mom's basement and I'm, you know, with tinfoil hat on all day. Like, I man, I enjoy life. I, I, I love life. I, I love people. I try to connect with people in the best way possible. Um, and I think ultimately, you know, as we start getting to the close here, as that's what we should be all about in the first place is is connecting with people, loving people, you know, bridging that divide that these people fallen angels these nephilim um these fucks are trying to separate us and i think it is the connection on a daily day basis with people loving people the way you treated that guy was perfect when he said what he said to you you said it in a in a really cool way you didn't like slap him over the face or anything with it mm-hmm. he, he backed up because he didn't know what to say to that because you did it in a way that was that was caring but it was also Hey man, like that's just not how you do that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you know, if he was praying for you, he should just pray for you. He didn't have to tell you that. Yeah. Like that that that's yeah. how it should be. I pray for people. I don't run around telling them, you know, to put on some pious act. And I and I think that is my 
the steps that I take forward as a human being, and I hope that I continue to grow and be more Christ-like or Jesus-like, I think that's that's what we should all att- uh, attain to be, you know. Whether you think like me that he was the actual son of God or you think he was just a good prophet, he had some great things to say. And I think we'd be a lot better off if we all, you know, attempted to go down that path. Um, but I think a key form. to that is to, to a, key, a key to that, I think, is to stop to stop paying to to stop paying attention to and buying in to the propaganda that that we're fed on a daily basis. Absolutely. So many things. So many things that we see on TV today, whether it's uh, commercials, whether it's the the news, uh, the the local news that you watch, whether it's the national news that you choose to watch, CNN, MB, MSNBC, Fox, whatever whatever you watch, you are being dictated to. Yeah, don't watch it. The day, <laughs> the the days, the days of you receiving unbiased information reported in a timely manner those days are gone sensationalism and um and sensationalism and um fear fear porn it's all designed to create dissension Mm -hmm. and to to distance us from each other you know you just look at you know i i I often i wonder I, i often wonder think you know like these riots that we've had in the past and, you know, all the, all the, all the stuff that happens with the, you know, white cops and the black, uh, the black people that are getting shot. And, you know, it's like, you know, they say that, they say that, um, body cams being worn on the vests of, of police officers is for the, uh, the, both the, the, the officer's safety and for the the person that is is being apprehended or being questioned or being detained um i disagree with that i think that what better way than to get some kind of volatile uh video in front of millions and millions of people almost Mm. immediately is to have a camera that is right there when it happens yeah and and then they go through it they they scrub what they want from the the video and then they release it and you have this visceral um eyewitness yes firsthand account of what is going on and it creates divisiveness it makes you know it makes there there's a wedge between all of us now because of these things and you know that i think that's just one one small component to it and when you look at the big picture man everything you know, I went I went on a on a uh, a breakfast date this morning, and you know, we wind up talking about the same kind of stuff. It's like you can't even go to the local mall here, and I live in normal Midwest. You know, there's no big city. It's you know just normal normal stuff, man. And you can't go to the mall here without worrying about a shooting. You know, no wonder everybody's you know given the billions and billions and billions of dollars to the the Amazon corporations and online stuff like that. I don't know why you care, though, Eric. You date the most dangerous women on the planet. (laughs) I I do date dangerous women. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's not going to surprise me in a couple months. You're like, yeah, I met this girl, man. I end up finding out she, like, worked for the CIA, and she, like, goes on, like... (laughs) I do like them dangerous. (laughs) 
but it's but it's just uh that's kind of a throwback to last night's show i did with these guys so um <laughs> yeah it's just you know do do your own research you know formulate your own theories cross check them if they don't make sense don't be afraid to be wrong but i'm Dude. guaranteeing you if you put the work into it you're going to you're going to make a lot of sense out of some things and you're going to be shocked by it if you put in the work you can someday have an episode with Eric like Portal Babies. That's <laughs> that, that's babies. where you can get to Portal Babies. <laughs> <laughs> Great name for an episode. I absolutely love it. I've been looking forward to this for what, too, two man. months now. I've been so. wanting to get this off my chest for a minute because it's it's a great <laughs> concept of, you know, what you even said too about, you know, the elites, there's not a lot of them. They they need yeah. to have some sort of army. Um, and I think technology will come into play. I think definitely, you know, alien technology, UFOs, I think a lot of that stuff's going to become way more prevalent. I think it's going to be part of it. But I think these Nephilim are going to be part of these armies. And I think they will tout them as being the advanced version of humanity. And I think they're, they're going to yeah. be, you know, and it's all, and it's all working its way in the, with transhumanism too, right? So you got us who, mm-hmm. you know, can't be that. Like, oh, yeah, with this technology, though, you can be just like these Nephilim. Like, you know, you can just be like, you know, 25% human. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, which uh, kind of takes me back to uh, something one of our friends says, uh, Justin from the Cryptids of the Corn. He's always saying, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm built on spare parts, man. I'm built on spare parts. And I'm like, <laughs> now I'm starting to think about what does he mean by that? What does he mean he's spare parts? Hey, we're going to see him here in a month, man. Hey, I'm going to bring a metal detector and just see how much of him is going off. Maybe maybe he's talking that he might be part Nephilim. Yeah, very true. Uh, Joel, man, it's always a pleasure with you, man. I just... Uh... I just can't, uh, I can't thank you enough for being on here again and, and bringing the heat you brought. Cause that was some great stuff. Do me a favor before we head out of here, let everybody know where they can find your music with Van Tesla, where they can find your solo stuff, what you're doing now with the kill the mockingbirds podcast and your host, tell everybody where they can just get all the Joel Thomas they want. Yeah. So if you're looking for the music, uh, anybody that knows me uh, knows I'm a musician. I, I do a lot of different genres and styles. Um, I touch on a lot of topics that are most artists won't touch on. Um, but I also have a lot of really good stuff that's just you know for the soul, man. That's you know it's not it's not everything's going to be you know slapping you in the face of the you know middle fingers of the government stuff. I do have that though too. Um, you can go to Joel Thomas on any platform. Uh, Apple Music, Spotify, Tidal. I mean, I just sell a host of them, like 20, 25 different streaming services that you can find me at. <clears throat> uh, my partner, Quan Duke, who does you know, all the Van Tessel stuff with me, you can find a lot of the Van Tessel stuff I do under his name, Quan Duke. If you're looking for me on social media, it's real easy. It's Van Tesla Music, uh, V-A-N-T-E-S-L-A, Music. All together, you can find me on YouTube, you can find me on Instagram, you can find me on Twitter. It's all the same. It's very easy to find. I was able to consolidate it down, which made it a lot easier for people. Uh, you can also find all the links to anything, podcast, whatever, at my link tree slash Fantesla Music, too. So it's real easy. You can get everything from there. 
Um, I am now co-host of Kill the Mockingbirds podcast with my partner, Sean Chris. I met him maybe a year ago, year and a half ago, right when all the pandemic stuff was starting. Um, I reached out to him. Uh, he had a, a pretty big Instagram following, and he had a good podcast called Kill the Mockingbirds. Um, we ended up doing some live stuff, doing some podcasts together. He reached out to me a couple months ago and said, like, look, man, I've been looking for a partner, and we do really good stuff together. Uh, so we just hit the ground running. Uh, podcast has been growing exponentially uh, since I've been on board. Um, I'm not touting my own horn there. We're just we've been super consistent since you know he and I worked together. Uh, we are we work really well together too. So it, it just made sense for both of us. Um, you can find the podcast at Kill the Mockingbirds on any of the normal stuff. Um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Podcast 2.0, any of the normal places that you could look for podcasts, you'll find us there. If you're looking for us on Instagram, look for Operation Kill the Mockingbirds, all one word together. Uh, we post a lot of good stuff there, uh, a lot of really good uh, videos, educational, funny, a lot of things going on in the world today. Um, you can... Check us out there. A lot of cool stuff. Um, obviously, uh, we've got an episode coming up with Eric. That's going to be really dope. Um, we're jacked about it. It's called the Bigfoot Frequency. I'm not going to tell you guys anything about it. Just go to Kill the Mockingbirds when it drops here. And I don't know when this episode is dropping, so it's coming out soon. So just look for it, for it there. Uh, Eric and I, uh, you know, we end up doing a lot of stuff throughout the year together. So I'm sure that will continue from here. Absolutely. And I can't wait to see you here in just about a month. Oh, we'll be coming be up to Bigfoot and Brews. That's going to be awesome. Um, hopefully we'll see our friend uh, Tony Merkel up there as well. And uh, it's going to be a great day. Can't wait for it. People, if you're looking for a show that's going to uh, appeal to your red pill, blue pill, black pill uh, needs, I encourage you. Go check these guys out over at Kill the Mockingbirds podcast because um, they're going to get your ass woke. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, Joel, I appreciate you, man, so much. So glad we've gotten to, to be friends throughout the past couple of years and uh, just look forward to, to more stuff with you. So thanks yeah, for being on. Oh, thanks for having me on, man. All right. Good night. I want to hear your story. I want to hear your experience. So email me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show, then leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. Share the show with your friends. Share the show on social media. Make sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter, all at Uncomfortable Podcast. And until next week, my friends, stay uncomfortable. <laughs>